got going here. All right, we'll pick up where we left off here in, in Leviticus here, which uh, uh, I, like, I like to say, I like to call it Leviticus because it was actually, this is, uh, let me do it this way. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. These are, these are historical books. It's so funny when I go listen to somebody preaching now, if I, I'm, I'm catching somebody, it's exactly what they say. They go, it's history, it's history. That's right, it's not mythological. Anyway, direct history, beginning. Genesis even means beginning, you know. Oh, wow. The billions of years don't work. You know, I found this out this week. Uh, Richard Dawkins, the greatest, he's passed away. He was the greatest evolutionist, atheist, whatever. Okay, he was on live TV, and the guy asked, what if, because he knew the DNA, you can't get more information in. A monkey can't ever have code language in his DNA that all of a sudden becomes a man. It's not there. So Richard Dawkins knew this. Now, guess what his answer was when they asked him? Don't you suppose that it is possible that because of, you know, the information, genes, and stuff is already there? He said, well, who's to say there wasn't another, you know, far, far galaxy away? In other words, aliens. And they seeded. They seeded the information for our, for life here on earth. He will not believe that God created the heavens and the earth. It's got to be somehow or nothing. It's just, that's how. But see, that's the, 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 the oh, anyway, the lost, you know, you know, they're just not going to agree with, and that's okay. We understand where they're coming from. But anyway, this is beginnings and science is on our side. It is. It's always on our side. Anyway, Genesis, Exodus, X, they got out, you know that, and then all of a sudden, Leviticus. So, and I like to call it Levi. Okay. So I want to show you the last verse of, of, of Exodus and I'll show you how it connects here. Look at this. All right. Here's chapter one of Leviticus chapter one. Look down here at the very last verse of chapter 40. And they just built, um, they are not built. They just, uh, constructed the tabernacle at the Lord's direction. So verse 33, we'll see in 40, 33, then he erected the enclosure surrounding the tent and the altar and set up the curtain at the entrance of the, of the enclosure. So at last Moses finished the work. The cloud covered the tabernacle. Remember, they were already seen. It's been a year and a half since they left Pharaoh. Oh, oh, they're at Mount Sinai right now. So then the cloud covered the tabernacle and the glory of the Lord filled it. Moses was not able to enter it. Wow. So see, this is, wow. So whenever the, verse 36, whenever the cloud lifted and moved, the people of journey, the people of Israel journeyed onward following it. Okay. So this was a portable tent structure and we have the whole design. You can actually Google it and see what this thing looks like. Now look at the first verse here in Leviticus or Leviticus. Now the Lord spoke to Moses from the tabernacle and commanded him to give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you sacrifice to the Lord. So this is not something that puts you to sleep. Uh, It all is really wrapped up here. Uh, we will cover it by uh, the end of the seventh chapter. And it's, there's a whole lot more information, like I like to say, in your car manual than there is here. So I like to bring out this in chapter one here. Look at this. Oh, verse four, the person is to lay his hands on his head. This is your animal that you brought for sacrifice. It had to be a perfect one. And then it becomes his substitute. Remember, this is always the purpose. It's not that God gets a thrill out of these animals getting killed. It's his substitute. Look what it says. It's so powerful. The death of the animal will be accepted by God instead of the death of the man who brings it. Remember when Jesus died on the cross? Remember what he said? One thing, he said several things up there. 
But he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Oh, my goodness. Praise God. What was he doing on that cross? The death of the animal instead of the death of you. Wow. All right, let's jump ahead here. So this is all about uh, the Levites here, uh, what they're supposed to do, and Aaron, his sons, and their sons. Let's see, four and five, yeah. All right, here we go. So chapter six here, and the Lord said to Moses, if anyone sins against me by refusing to return a deposit on something borrowed or rented, or by refusing to return something uh, entrusted to him. Now, hang on a second. I, I, I skipped that already. We actually already covered that. Excuse me. Let's go. Here we go. Chapter seven. <laughs> All right. Here are the instructions concerning the most holy uh, offering for guilt. Okay. The, sacrifice, the sacrificial animal, remember the death of the animal instead of the death of you, shall be killed in the place where the burnt offering sacrifices are slain, and his blood shall be sprinkled back and forth on the altar. Oh, the priest... Uh, will offer on the altar all of its fat, including the tail, the fat that covers the inside. He said, God, look at the details. Well, remember, God had set in motion a, a plan where his presence could be among us. Yeah. And of course, we know it's not going to work out. You'll see what happens. Some terrible things happen here, but this is what he said. It wasn't just for fun or nothing. All right. The priest will then burn them upon the altar as a guilt offering to the Lord. Only males among the priests may then eat the carcass, and it must be eaten in a holy place, for this is a most holy sacrifice. Again, why is it a most holy sacrifice? God is able to accept us because of the death of this animal there, back in the Old Testament here. <clears throat> anyway, the same instructions apply both to the sin offering. Remember, look, look at that, just the very phrase, the sin offering took care of it. You were actually happy after this was over with because you knew Man, I'm forgiven. Yeah. And the guilt offering. So your guilt's gone too. Look at that. The carcass shall be given to the priest who is in charge of the atonement ceremony for his food. See how this is an instruction manual for these guys? All right. When the offering is a burnt offering, the priest who is in charge shall also be given the animal's hide. Wow. The priest who presents the uh, people's grain offering to the Lord shall be given whatever remains of the sacrifice after the ceremony is complete. Now, I want to pull back to this. Just That animal's hide. Suppose you're one of the high priests. You were one of Aaron's sons. Well, I'm wearing something that uh, covered somebody from being guilty, you know. I mean, there's all kind of reminders how the Lord has paid the way for all of us. Anyway, uh, the priest who present the people's grain offerings to the Lord shall be given whatever remains from the sacrifice after the ceremony is completed. The rule applies whether sacrifice is baked, fried, or grilled, all other... Uh, grain offerings, whether mixed with olive oil or dry, are the common property of all the sons of Aaron. You know, that's why I'll just like to interject here. I know the Catholics do what they want to do. Let them do it. But, you know, their priests are falling apart. I mean, I'm saying, well, let me use a different word, not falling apart. But, but it, the, the, the design was, and when I hear people talk about Christians and stuff, and they'll say, a priest, they're not supposed to marry. No, man came up with that. That's ridiculous. Aaron's a high priest, and his sons, you got to have kids, you know. Nobody said don't have, be married. Mm. Anyway, here's the instructions concerning the sacrifice given to the Lord as special peace offerings. What is that? It's, again, is you're thankful to the Lord and you have peace with God. If it's an offering of thanksgiving, un, uh, why would you even have a reason to thank the Lord? This is so wide open, of course. Think about these people, they've, they've been at Mount Sinai for a year and a half, and they know good and well they used to be slaves, and now they're free. They got out of Egypt, 
Where's their bakery and stuff? God's been feeding them manna in the morning and, and quail. Amazing. They've had water. Anyway, amazing stuff. So here we go. Unleavened shortbread shall be included with the sacrifice along with unleavened wafers spread with olive oil and loaves from batter of flour mixed with olive oil. This Thanksgiving peace offering shall be accompanied with loaves of leavened bread. Part of this sacrifice shall be presented to the Lord as a jester by you. Just wave it before the Lord. Okay, your priest would do that. And then it shall be given to the assisting priest, the one who sprinkles the blood of the animal presented for the sacrifice. After the animal has been sacrificed, presented to the Lord as a peace offering to show special appreciation and thanksgiving to him, it's meats to be eaten that day and none left to be eaten the next day. However, if someone brings a sacrifice that is not for uh, thanksgiving, but is because of a vow or is simply a voluntary, voluntary offering to the Lord, any portion of the sacrifice that's not eaten the day it's sacrificed may be eaten the next day, but anything left over to the third day shall be burned. For if it's not eaten on the third day, the Lord will not accept it. It'll have no value as a sacrifice. Now, let's hold up just a second. What does this mean? Value. There is value in knowing that Jesus died for you. And there was value in these sacrifices. Oh, it wasn't just like, well, it's just something I got to do. Look at that. It said the Lord won't accept it. Remember in the book of Genesis about the second, oh, let's see, it'll be the fourth chapter. The first two sons, Seth and Cain. Seth, not Seth, Cain and Abel. Abel offered a lamb to the Lord, remember that? And then Cain brought the harvest. And it wasn't because of that. Remember, Cain had issues, man. He was, he wanted to kill his brother. So the Bible says that the Lord didn't accept Cain's offering. But the Lord kept talking to Cain and saying, hey, sin lies at the door. You can beat this thing, you know. But Cain wouldn't listen. So it's not like, well, I don't know. God never talks to me. Yeah, he does too. He's out there. He's near unto all of us. He really is. All right, so anyway, uh, so it said the Lord won't accept it if we uh, uh, change the rule on this right here. All right, it'll have no value as a sacrifice. There'll be no credit to the one who brought it to be offered. And the priest who eats it shall be guilty for it is detestable to the Lord. And the person who eats it must answer for his sin. Okay, Any meat that comes in contact with anything that is ceremonially unclean shall not be eaten, but burned. And as for the meat that may be eaten, it may be eaten only by the person who is ceremonially clean. Remember, ceremonially clean didn't say, well, the pastor of the church is just perfect, never has made a mistake. No, he went through a cleansing process, which we're going to see. All of us have sinned. That's the reason we can't say those are sinners over there. Or worse off, and say only those at our church are going to heaven. Man, we... we, (laughs) If it weren't for all of this, 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 you say, Richard, this is really complicated. Yeah, because God is showing us we have no approach to him. We have no approach at all. But he did give us some clues and says, go to the priest, do it this way, this way, this way, and I'll accept it. Okay, here we go. And remember when Jesus died on the cross, what happened? The veil in the temple was ripped. All this was gone. And when you read uh, Ephesians, Colossians, got them backwards, but... See, girls eat potato chips. So yeah, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians, yeah. All of that, Paul emphatically says, you can forget doing all this stuff. It ain't going to help you because Jesus took care of it. And that's, and that's a good thing to know about what we're, why we're reading this now. Because this priest is having to do this for you. But notice, you had to come. Well, I'm going to send my money over. It'll work. We decided in our village we're just going to send one representative. You couldn't do that. And guess what? They lost their kingdom here. This is Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. 
and then they got the promised land. You have Joshua. They are in the promised land. And the next book is Judges. That's because they lost the promised land. That's how quick it, it fell. Okay. So any priest who is ceremonially unclean but eats the Thanksgiving offering, uh-oh, shall be cut off from his people. See, he didn't, <laughs> you know, he, he just didn't go through the process to get cleansed. All right. Anyway, uh, anyone who touches anything that is ceremonially unclean, whether it's the uncleanness from a man or beast, then eats the peace offering, shall be cut off. Wow. See, God's not being hard here. It's like you don't, his glory is over that temple. And he is so holy. We just, and you notice everything, the cleansing thing is the blood of something, the blood of something, the blood of, yeah. All right. For he's defiled what's holy. Then the Lord said to Moses, Notice it when Moses wrote this. and No, the Lord did it. Tell the people of Israel never to eat fat, whether from an ox and sheep or goats. Now remember, this is, <laughs> these were things that were set aside by the Lord because these people were holy. You could actually, he would actually say you can let other people have them. It's just you. See, we're set aside for this. Oh, they were back in this time. Okay. The fat of an animal that dies of disease or is attacked or killed by wild animals may be used for other purposes, but never eaten. Anyone who eats fat from an offering sacrificed by fire to the Lord shall be outlawed from his people. Whoa. Never eat blood, whether birds or animals. Anyone who does shall be excommunicated from his people. And the Lord said to Moses, tell the people of Israel that anyone bringing a Thanksgiving offering to the Lord must bring it. Look at that. Personally, with his own hands. I pay the preacher too. Now forget it. How could you trust the preacher in the first place? You know, I mean, when you know about the Lord, why would you want to do that? He shall bring the offering of the fat and the breast, which is to be presented to the Lord by waving it before the altar. Man, then the priest shall burn the fat upon the altar, but the breast shall belong to Aaron and his sons while the right thigh is given to the officiating priest. Okay, these are the instructions. And, the, and, the, and these priests would, the, the Levites in the Leviticus here, would have told you what we got to do when you got there. For I have designated the breast and the thigh as donations from the people of Israel to the sons of Aaron. Aaron and his sons must always be given this portion of the sacrifice. This is their pay. It's to be set apart from the burnt offerings and given to all who have been appointed to minister to the Lord as priest, to Aaron and his sons. That's what that is. For on the day the Lord anointed him, them, he commanded that the people of Israel be given these portions to them. It's their right forever throughout all their generations. Look at that. These were the instructions. See, that's the end of your manual right here. Concerning the burnt offering, the grain offering, the sin offering, the guilt offering, concerning the consecration offerings and the peace offerings. Notice, we're in the seventh chapter. It didn't last forever. It's just because of, oh, I just say it's the devil. The devil doesn't want you reading the Bible. He sure doesn't want you to understand it. And he sure doesn't want you to put the pieces together knowing that, in a minute, we're going to see a verse saying, Okay, now we know what to do when we go into, guess what? The Sinai Desert. So I get it. This was what they had to know before. So it wasn't like, oh, this is so long. Oh, my gosh. Mm. See, it even has, we'll get to it eventually. It has the women folk, you know, on a woman's menstrual cycle. God, she had to come once a month. Oh, man. It just looked like it was unbearable, but it was not. It was not. Uh, you remember, the Lord was, mm, you say, well, that's just a, that's a, a physiological part of a woman and stuff like, yeah, but still, just the woman and the man too, we represent sin. <laughs> Doesn't matter if that's the way our body is operating or not, we represent sin. And so on a monthly, can you get this? 
the women that did this, I mean, that came to the Lord and offered their their turtle dove or whatever they had to offer, they knew, they knew the Lord was on their side. But it all got, ah, it's too much to do. And they all left the Lord. But he left a plan for them. Okay, here we go. So these instructions, okay, oh, here it is. Uh, These instructions, just like I said, were given to Moses by the Lord on Mount Sinai to be passed on to the people of Israel. Here's the history note. So that they would know how to offer, offer their sacrifices to God in the Sinai Desert. Man, I could teach this to, the, to my grandkids. Now, I get it. This is great. You can teach Noah and the flood. You sure can. You can teach what happened after that flood. It's all right there. Certainly not a fairy tale. Here we go, the eighth chapter. The Lord said to Moses, Now bring Aaron and his sons to the entrance of the tabernacle. Notice it's history. They just got the information on how to do this. Now bring, guess what's going to happen? Now these are, we'll just call them the pastors or those in authority, but we know they're the high priests. Together with their garments, the anointing oil, the young bull for the sin offering. What sin offering? Aaron and his sons. They are not perfect. This is for their sins. Mm. And it'll always be this way. That's why he was saying if they're ceremonially unclean. Okay. But you could fix that. You fixed it the same day. Uh, and two rams, the basket of bread without yeast, summon all Israel uh, to a meeting there. Wow. So it wasn't like, well, do you want to go to dedication service for Richard and his family? <laughs> I'm too busy. <laughs> no, you had to. And remember, this was all of Atlanta. It was a lot of people. You say it was six million? Well, just half it. Okay, it's three million. That is a lot of people. Three million used to be Huntsville's uh, population. We're right at four now, I think. So all the people assembled, and Moses said to them, Now I'm going to do what has been commanded by Jehovah. Moses, Moses, Moses. You made no, he didn't make any this up. Mm. All right, then Aaron, then he took Aaron and his sons and he washed them with water. Then he clothed Aaron. Now here we go. This part here was described and it was built at the latter part of, of uh, uh, the previous book, Exodus. See, they got out of Egypt by the 15th chapter. They were gone, pew, through the Red Sea. And then you have from the 20th, 21, 22, 23, they built this thing. Look at this, the, the special coat. And that coat, well, actually, the sash, the robe, the effort jacket, that's what I'm saying. That effort jacket, it had 12 stones on it. Guess what? Remember, he's high priest. The 12 stones were, they had the names of all the 12 tribes. So every time the priest was in there, and this is you too, Phil's name's up here. Janet's name's up here. You know, my name's up there. And that's on, that's on Jesus, too. When Jesus is in the Holy of Holies for us, your name is all over him. Anyway, uh, with his beautifully woven belt, uh, did I get the, oh, it's coming up. Then he put on him the chest piece, that, that was it, and deposited the Urim and the Thummim inside his pouch. It's sort of like a dice or some sort of thing. Placed on his head the turban with a sacred gold plate, and that gold plate also said Reuben, Simeon, Naphtali, Gad, all, Manasseh, all the tribes. So when God saw the priest, he said, well, here comes Richard, you know. Uh, the turban with a sacred golden plate at its front, the holy crown, uh, as the Lord commanded Moses. Now, all that stuff was put on him, but even yet, he had to have a sin offering. It's not about how perfect we are. No, it never will be. And matter of fact, what's so great is Moses didn't say, uh, how'd you treat your wife last night? How'd you treat your kids? I saw you kick your cat, and you cussed, too, <laughs> We're guilty no matter what. It doesn't matter. Then Moses took the anointing oil, sprinkled it upon the tabernacle itself, and on each item in it. Wow, he just dirtied up everything. No, he didn't dirty it up, but he got cooking oil on it, you could say. 
sanctifying them, sanctifying those, those parts in the temple. Okay, tabernacle, excuse me. When he came to the altar, he sprinkled it seven times, and he also sprinkled the utensils of the altar with the wash basin and its pedestal to sanctify them. See, that's what sanctified them. That's what the Lord said to do. Then he poured the anointing oil upon Aaron's head, thus setting him apart for his work. Man, he just got stuff all over that turban now. That's okay. Next, Moses placed the robes on Aaron's sons with the belts and caps as the Lord had commanded him. These things were beautiful. You can read about it. Use the Living Bible in the book of Exodus. You'll see them. Then he took the young bull for the sin offering, and Aaron's, Aaron and his sons laid their hands upon it. This was not for the people. It was for Aaron. Remember, the death of the animal instead of the death of them. And I'll tell you some bad news. Right during this ceremony, two of his sons are going to just go up and smoke. It's just terrible. And you say, God, man, what... Listen, God is trying to stay with his people. And he told him to do this, not to be mean. He said, do it this way and it'll work. And they did something wrong and it killed two of them. Anyway, kind of spoiling the story here. But I just want you to see the history. This is a ceremony and we won't get done. We're just going to finish this chapter here, but I think we'll see. Oh, he smeared some of the blood with his finger upon the four horns of the altar. There was a big eight by eight altar type thing. Okay. Uh, and upon the altar itself to sanctify it and poured out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. Thus he sanctified the altar. Now watch what else he does with the blood. Making, what? Atonement for it. Then he took the fat of the kidney, the covering of the entrails and the fatty mass above the liver, the two kidneys and the fat and burned them all on the altar because that's what we just read in chapters one through seven. The carcass of the uh, oh, young bull with its hide and dung was burned outside the camp as the Lord commanded. Okay. Then he presented to the Lord the ram for the burnt offering. Aaron and his sons laid their hands on its head. Moses killed it, sprinkled the blood back and forth upon the altar. Next, he quartered the ram and burned the pieces, the head and the fat. Then he washed the insides and the legs with water, burned them upon uh, the altar, I think. Yeah, so that the entire ram was consumed before the Lord. It was a burnt offering that pleased the Lord very much. For Jehovah's directions to Moses, look, that were followed in every detail. Okay, let's see what happens next. Then Moses presented the other ram, the ram of consecration. Aaron and his sons laid their hands upon its head. Moses killed it, took some of the blood, smeared it on the, look at this, on the lobe of Aaron's right ear, okay, and on the thumb of his right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot. He did the same thing for the sons here too. Again, <laughs> What's that on your ear? Well, as far as God was concerned, the death of the animal instead of the death of you. And these guys were going to be able to be representatives for the people. Uh, so he smeared some on the Aaron's sons the same way. Lobes of right ears, right thumbs, big toes. The rest of the blood he sprinkled back and forth on the altar. Then he took the fat, the tail, the fat on the inner organs, the gallbladder, the two kidneys, their fat, and the right shoulder, placed them on top of of one uh, on one unleavened wafer, one wafer spread with olive oil and a slice of bread, all taken from the basket that had been placed there before the Lord. Okay, all this was placed in the hands of Aaron and his sons to present to the Lord to the Lord by a gesture of waving them back and forth. Moses took it all back from them, and burned it on the altar along with the burnt offering to the Lord. Jehovah was pleased with the offering. Now Moses took the breast that was presented to the Lord by waving it before the altar. This was Moses portion of the ramsack consecration, uh, just as the Lord, now it's, it's about the end of that, watch this. Next, he took some of the anointing oil, whoops, excuse me, 
uh, and the blood that had been sprinkled on the altar, sprinkled it upon Aaron, upon his clothes, and upon his sons and their clothes. Good grief, they were just, man, you got it all over there, dry, clean clothes. Well, there was a purpose. Consecrating to the Lord the use of Aaron and his sons and their clothes. Now remember, Jesus took his blood into the heavenly holies of holies. This all worked. If the people did this, it worked. They were never going to lose a battle. They were never going to be defeated. There was healing all the time. Anyway, then Moses said to Aaron and his sons, boil the meat at the entrance of the tabernacle. Eat it uh, along with the bread that's in the basket of consecration. You say, well, are they hungry? Well, here's the thing. They weren't supposed to, just a minute, you're going to see, they could not leave the temple for a the tabernacle for a week. They had to stay in this thing. It was a... It was the, this was the first time it was ever set up. Anything left of the meat and bread must be burned. Next, he told them, yeah, there it is. Don't leave the tabernacle entrance for seven days, after which time their consecration would be completed, for it takes seven days. Then Moses stated again that all he had done had been commanded by the Lord in order to make atonement for them. I'm glad he said that. Well, you just made it all up. <laughs> That's why when Aaron and his sons get, I mean, not Aaron, but when his sons get killed here shortly, I would have never wrote that, especially if it was real people. Now, if you were making fairy tales, but this was not fairy tales. Those two sons were, have been recorded. In, anyway, there's other times they're mentioned throughout the Bible what happened. Again, he warned Aaron and his sons to stay at the entrance of the tabernacle day and night for seven days. Notice he said he warned them because these were very important instructions. If you leave, he told them you're going to die. This is what the Lord said. So Aaron and his sons, boy, they did it. Good for them. Fantastic. All right, we'll get through this next one here. On the eighth day, because I believe, yeah, there it is. I, I don't want, I wanted to get through nine. See, there it is, boys. This all happened immediately. Chapter 10 is not something you read 10 years later. Notice it says, but Nadab and Abihu. Okay, so let's back up. See, we're getting there. On the eighth day, so it's been a week, okay, of the consecration ceremonies, Moses summoned Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel. Now, what's so beautiful about this? I want us to get to this, and we're going to stop. When they get to this, Aaron is going to bless the people. Remember, the people are still there. And it, it only took me a few minutes to say this. And, and Moses could have done all this in that amount of time. It went pretty quick, probably less than an hour. Anyway, Aaron's going to bless the people. It's not, oh, bless you, bless you. It worked. Every person in Israel was blessed. Mm. Imagine going home going, well, something good's going to happen when I get home. <laughs> you just knew it. Here we go. And he told Aaron to take the bull calf uh, of the herd for the sin offering and the ram without bodily defect for a burnt offering and offer it to them before the Lord. Now, this is for the people here. Everybody, even the scoundrels. I got a son. He's worthless, you know. I think he's going to try to kill me. <laughs> you know, whatever. You, you, people, got, people had all kinds of problems. And tell the people of Israel, Moses instructed them to select the male goat for their sin offering. Who? The people of Israel. That'll never work. God will never forgive them. Yeah, he will too. Also a yearling calf and a yearling lamb without bodily defect for the burnt offering. In addition, the people are to bring the Lord a peace offering sacrifice. It was pretty easy. He had a sin offering, a peace offering, a, and a burnt offering. Pretty easy. If you can count to three and bring some grain, pretty easy. For the Lord, for today, Moses said, look at that. Jehovah will appear to them. Well, he did too. 
So they brought all of these things to the entrance of the tabernacle as Moses had commanded. And the people came and stood there before the Lord. Now, what I want to mention here too, remember they were to select just one. What does that think? For all the people, there was just one. It was just one lamb. There was just one bull. There was, yeah, Jesus was our one. Moses told them, when you have followed the Lord's instructions, his glory will appear to you. Well, now you're sticking your neck out there because it's all evolution. It's all fake. It wasn't either. And this wasn't the first time this happened. It happened when Elijah was, remember when Elijah and the prophets of Baal, <laughs> he doused down that thing with water and he said, Lord, show them who's boss. <laughs> Richard, that was just a mythological. It wasn't either. Mm -mm. Our God's so awesome, and he's very serious. Moses told, then told Aaron to proceed to the altar to offer the sin offering. Notice who's doing it. There's the high priest. He's going before the people. He's now been sanctified, and he's going to do it for you. And, and Jesus has done all that for us. Praise God. Make an atonement. Look at that. For himself first, because he's not a hot shot. None of us are. And then the people, as the Lord had commanded. I'm so glad. I was a young person, and all of a sudden, I was watching pastors get resigned and get kicked out and, you know, watch that Jimmy Swagger thing. And Jimmy Swagger's a great guy. Nothing wrong with him. I mean, good grief. I thought, what'd he do? And I didn't know until I started getting older. I thought, well, maybe he was lonely. <laughs> you know, I don't care what it is. David did the same thing. Richard, you're making excuses. I'm not making excuses. It's not about our holiness, okay? It's not. Mm-mm. It's just whether we're going to serve the Lord or not, you know. You got, you got the rest of your life to catch on, whatever. Let's make it such a big deal. That, anyway, here we go. Uh, where did it say that? It said, uh, for the sin offering and the burnt offering, make atonement first for himself and then for the people as the Lord had commanded. So Aaron went up to the altar and killed the calf as a sacrifice for his own sin. His sons caught the blood for him. Uh, and he dipped his finger in it and smeared it on the horns of the altar. See, the, his sons were there. Those, those, those were other priests. And poured out the rest at the base of the altar. Then he burned up the fat, the altar, upon the altar, the fat, the kidneys, the gall. But remember the death of the animal instead of the death of you. Remember the high priest when Jesus, they were trying to trap him. And that high priest was so mad, you know, because Lazarus had been raised from the dead. And he makes this brilliant statement. Because what are we going to do? The whole world's going after him. And that high priest stood there and he said, you guys don't know nothing. We're going to kill him. Talk about Jesus, and that's going to take care of it. And, and, and the scripture says that the high priest didn't realize he was led by the Holy Spirit to say that. He said that Jesus' death was going to be for the nation. Hmm, here we go. Then he burned up the, all, all these things, but he burned the meat and hide outside the camp. Next, he killed the burnt offering animal, and his sons caught the blood and wonder what they did with it. Oh, you know what they did. Sprinkled it back and forth on the altar. They brought the animal... They brought the animal to him piece by piece, including the head. He burned it upon the altar. He washed the inside, offered also these upon the altar as burnt offering. Next, he sacrificed the people's offering. He killed the goat and offered it in the same way he had the sin offering for himself. Thus, he sacrificed their burnt offering to the Lord in accordance with the instructions God had given. Wow. Mm, okay. Then he killed the grain. No, excuse me. He presented the grain offering, taking a handful. See, we're about done. Watch this and burning it on the altar in addition to the regular morning offering. Now, whoa, 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 what, what, what's this morning offering? Remember, there was a daily sacrifice. We are so blessed, and, and Jesus is your daily sacrifice. He has died for you and I. 
We don't want to make mistakes. Of course not. But you probably are. And you're going to have a morning sacrifice and an evening sacrifice. You could, matter of fact, the people, when they were in the, in the wilderness, they could glance over and they could see that fire by night. And they could see what in the daytime they saw the cloud. And it was over the tabernacle. And if you did what? If you believed, you knew everything was all right between you and God. Like those guys that come out and wrote those wonderful songs, Billy Graham and them saying, It is well, it is well with my soul. Yeah, quit beating yourself up. Next, he killed the ox and the ram, the people's peace offering. And Aaron's son, I mean, uh, you've got to get this. Jesus is your friend. I love this picture. The guy that wrote this, Drews was a genius to think, we need to have a picture of Jesus knocking on your door. Revelation 3.20, written to Christians. Such good sermons I heard ministers say, why is the door closed? <laughs> it's a Christian. It's written to a church, and they had the door closed. Oh, man. But, I mean, that's, your, that's a personal door. If any man will open the door. It didn't say if the deacons will open the door. If any man will open the door, I will come in unto him and dine with him and he with me. <sighs> Sup with him. Have supper with you. That's what that peace offering was. Aaron's sons brought the blood to him, sprinkled it back and forth. See, you got this. You knew what's going on. Then he collected the fat of the ox. You would have got this. You would have said, Dad, I know what he's going to do next. What? Yep, he's going to take that fat and put it on. That's right. The fat from their tails, the fat from the covering the inner organs and the kidneys and the gallbladder, the fat was placed upon the, you can imagine, on the altar. Uh, the fat was placed upon the breast of these animals. Aaron burned it on the altar. But he waved the breasts and right shoulders. Remember, that was the part that goes to them slowly before the Lord as a gesture to offer it to him just as Moses commanded. Here we go. Look at this. Now, we're done here. We're going to go home, but watch this. Then, your high priest, and remember, let's think about Jesus, with hands spread out toward the people. This doesn't work. Oh, yes, it does. Aaron blessed them. Oh, no. And came down from the altar. Excuse me. Okay. Oh, Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle, and when they came out, again they blessed the people. There it is. And the glory of the Lord appeared to the whole assembly. Then fire came down from the Lord and consumed the, consumed the burnt offering. Oh, Richard, come on. Well, it's the same thing concerning the resurrection. We wouldn't believe the resurrection either. And we wouldn't believe there was really a flood. And we wouldn't really believe God created the world in six days. Or really, what's the alternative? Billions of years, by chance, there's no way. This happened. Fire came down. The Lord consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. And when the people saw it, <laughs> man, they all shouted and fell upon the ground before the Lord. If you were there, and we were basically there by, by, in our minds here looking at this, what would you have done on your way home after you left? Because this was the end of it. You know. Well, actually, the next verse, you know, we, we, we won't do it. But see, while this had happened, this was so powerful. And now I want you to tie the fire there. But... Nadab and Abihu, they, they meant well. The sons of Aaron, boy, they, it, which I take what it says, they placed unholy fire in their censers. Now, what was unholy? Maybe their censers touched something. They probably, you know, like you cross positive and negative on your battery, it don't matter how good a person you are, you're fixing to hear a <laughs> It's going to scare the daylights out of you. Something went wrong there. Look at that. So fire blazed forth from the presence of the Lord, destroyed them. Now, look, look at verse 3. This helps us. Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord meant when he said, I'll show myself holy among those who approach me, and I'll be glorified before the people. Aaron, can you imagine if it was your sons? Speechless. And so Moses called for, um, these were his other sons, uh, Aaron's sons, 
because they lost the they lost the cousins and told them go get the charred bodies. No, he said go get the charred bodies, carry them out of the camp. So they went over and got them and carried them out uh, in their coats, as Moses said to them. Then then he then he said, uh, don't mourn. We'll get into this next time, but I just want you to see what was what was going on here. Totally history. Anyway, Father, we just thank you for your word today. We see what happened back then. Praise the Lord. You're a holy God, and we have no approach without a high priest, without Jesus. I can't do it on my own. None of us can do it. So, Lord, we trust you, and you've taken care of all these details that we could never do by Jesus dying for us. So we come boldly to the throne of grace. And, boy, I say this morning, Lord, you're our healer. You take care of us if we're not feeling good. Same thing's true concerning our finances. You'll take care of that. And you'll take care of every other problem we've got. And that doesn't leave anything left. But for us to go tell people what really happened in our life if we tell them about it.